Welcome back to the Maximum Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, Munter, and today we have an awesome episode. I know everyone says they have a great podcast, but we actually do. This is probably my favourite podcast so far, until the next one, of course. On a serious note, we have current black cat, Ish Sodi, on the podcast. He's here to talk all things leg spin, test cricket, what it's like being a spin bowler to try and break into the test team right now. And he also joins us on Coach Corner, where we talk about what it's like to be in the zone and what it's like to be in awful form and how you stay confident. But first, we've got Jacko and Lugsy back on the pod. I did dailies throughout the week- weekend, so we won't spend a whole lot of time on it. We'll, um, yeah, we talk about it for about 10, 15 minutes. And then we've got a new segment. We haven't got a name for it, but at the moment it's called is this village where one of us gives the other a scenario and the other two decide if it's village or not okay so tune in for that and lastly uh, apologies for the late upload this week obviously with the test it just made sense to upload a little later we'll probably do it again around wednesday because the test starts friday so they'll go through to about tuesday so we'll, we'll stick with wednesday for now and we'll go from there so sit down grab yourself a drink coffee or a beer, depending on what time, and enjoy the podcast. It's a yes bank maximum, the first of this contest. Oh, that is brilliant. It's a hero maximum. On the ground, on the ground, another hero maximum. Okay, welcome back to the Maximum Cricket Podcast. Today we've got Lugsy and Jacko back on the pod. Um... Boys, how are we? Good to have cricket back, mate. Um, first session of each night I managed to watch, so good, good, uh, good wee thing to, to end the night on. Um, good to see Baz get in the win. Um, but yeah, pretty disappointing result for the capsules, isn't it? Yeah, it's always tough. It's always tough. I sort of went, went through a few cycles of sort of like uh, disappointment, joy, disappointment again, and then like kind of like almost like a little bit happy for England, but then realised. Like, are we declining now? And um, yeah. but ultimately, ultimately, I settled on that it was a great test, and like test cricket in the UK is the best. Like you sort of you, you sort of touched on it there before, uh, Lugsy around McCullum, the McCullum Stokes factor. How much, how much do you think that had a res- had a factor on the on the result? Um, oh, I think yeah, it had some factor. It's just that thing when you get a new coach. It sort of happens, it sort of tends to happen a bit in all sports. When you get that new coach, um, for whatever reason, it just freshens everyone up. It's like a, a reset for everyone. Baz is sort of just the general confidence he has, I think, as a person, must it must rub off on you a wee bit. I think Stokes has those same characteristics. So, no, it's, it seems like um, they were a bit of a factor there. It all, obviously, the big, the big thing is, is how this is going to play out long term. Um, but in the short, short term, yeah. Looks like they're playing for a bit of confidence, and they didn't. I guess the biggest thing is after that that second innings of theirs, it didn't sort of bog them down, and they they came at us again, and and then also and um sort of once that got to that second innings, and it was still in the balance into day four, sort of came out pretty confidently again with Root and that, and took the game away from us and won pretty handy in the end. McCullum probably made the biggest no-brainer decision of all time by bringing back two England greats and Broad and Anderson. And they were probably the difference. It's like, yeah, easy to say it's a positive change. And, yeah, you never know what that's going to do. But, I mean, 
dropping Broaden Anderson still going to be one of the silliest decisions by a hierarchy in the last sort of wee while I can remember in cricket. So, I mean, bringing them, them back in boosted them massively. So, yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a point there because you could you could probably say that like Broaden Anderson outbowled Southie and Bolt by like quite considerable margins because if you look mm. at I was looking at obviously they ripped through our top order every time. And although we bowled well, we didn't actually take a wicket with the new ball. Like with mm. our first two spells, it was always Jameson that came on and sort of mm. turned the tide, which that you don't often see. Like when Crawley, like Crawley and Lee's got well, they, the fifty-run partnership and then a thirty-run partnership. Like it's you don't you wouldn't have, I wouldn't have picked that uh, at the start of a test. No, well everything sort of went opposite for New Zealand. How we thought was Southie and Boulder our best bowlers in test cricket, arguably, ever. We've got a pretty set and pretty talented top order. and I mean, we just got outplayed in both facets. I guess when we when we really needed it most on that last day, I mean, it was a tough ask, obviously, but that ball didn't move at all on day four. And um, when it didn't move, it, it really didn't look like we had a lot of options there, did it? No. It leads on to the probably the elephant in the room with the uh, the bowling. And when you sort of do pick a guy to bat 10 and bowl two overs, it's sort of going to be tough, isn't it? When uh, sort of AJ Patel gets picked to, as a spinner and only bowls two overs, it's going to be tough. What, what did you guys make of that? Yeah, I think we played with 10 men, essentially, didn't we? Like, if, you, if your tail enders aren't bowling, I mean, what good are they to you and your, and your team in the... Uh, in the grand scheme of things, because, yeah, two overs, none for 22. Thanks for coming, but that's not good enough. And whatever's gone wrong to set that up, whether Kane and Steady didn't have the right conversations and whether they'd gone to the game, or like, oh, actually, we've just read this pitch horribly. Um, but, yeah, you've got to bowl them more than that regardless, I think. So, yeah, you don't know what's gone on, but you'd hope hope we don't make that big of an error again. Yeah, it is It is a tough one, though, because in that first innings, obviously, we we have rolled them for 140, 150, so there's not, yeah. you know, there's yeah, not a lot of time true. to bowl them. Um, there was probably one time, wasn't it, until when Stokes went out, where you were pretty, you thought that was the time to really give them a chance. Um, outside of that, it looked on day four, like the last day, they weren't, I think they were pretty set on trying the big gun, Saudi, Bolt and Jameson. So there wasn't a lot yeah. of times where he was actually going to bowl. But, yeah, it's, you've got to get something out of a player, don't you? You can't have a, a guy bat 10 and not bowl. That last morning, day four, versus, like, in that situation, and I suppose it's all easy to say in hindsight, but, shit, a wee six, seven overs from Wagner could have could have really broken things open when you needed it to or, or ended the game quickly, you never know. But, yeah, it's just one of those things. You didn't have that option of Wagner, who's a, I mean, a top, I think he's a top eight test bowler at the world at the moment, so... Yeah, he's there for a reason. He's done it for long enough that he probably probably didn't deserve to be dropped like that. Well, that's it. That's that's been that's been part of our part of our success over the a part of New Zealand's success over the last few years is not just the new ball bowling, but when it's old, you've got Wagner running them for ten overs bowling bumpers, and mm. so it's not like it's not like whether or not they should have bowled AJ's Patel. It's sort of like they've not picked the right team, or yeah. they obviously didn't read the pitch well. Um, and that sort of cost us. And it's quite funny because it's like... What you're basically saying, Manta, is 
2-1 New Zealand will bounce straight back. <laughs> Is that what I've got, at I've got uh I've got com- I've got confidence. I've got confidence will come back. I do I do think when I said at the start of the series 2-0, I I probably overestimated New Zealand. Maybe we're just maybe we aren't like we're still a good team, but I don't think we're we're not sort of the top of the top of the line anymore, which is which mm. is fine. Um, but hopefully we can come back. So with the with the the next test, you can probably assume that England England will probably keep the same team. Um, obviously the top three didn't do well, but McCullum won't change it. And then they might rotate the bowlers, but potentially not. I don't. I'm not too sure. Um, maybe Leach will miss out for Parkinson properly. But with the New Zealand. Colin de Grandheim's obviously ruled out um, with that heel. What's our what's New Zealand's eleven? Do we think? Because I think Will Young might have been a bit lucky because obviously Nichols is coming back. Personally, I would I'd bring Nichols in for de Grandheim. Slot him in at five, then you've got Daryl at six, Lando at seven, and then you bring Wagner in for ages. I think is the would be my my options. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. You don't know if it's going to spin again or or what's to go there, but yeah, I think that's probably. I think we need to get back to that bread and butter of what won us the World Test Championship, and like just stick die die on that hill. Yeah, I was actually exactly the same, mate. I think Henry will just slot back in for Cole and strengthen that batting up just a touch, um, and then yeah, get Wagner in another bit of a point of difference if it's if it's not going to swing again. Um, then you got someone that's just going to run in and 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 bowl a different sort of style, bang it in again like he does. Um, can be pretty painful to watch, but it gets bloody results. So <laughs> I think they'll just go back to that well, won't they? We'll move on to a, a lighter side of the game. Um, now this we've got a wee new segment. We're drafting the name is this village. We, we are open to suggestions. This is a Simon Cromedy copyright sort of jobs. <laughs> Uh, he he's going to he's going to give us a what is it sort of like a scenario or a well I or... just I just think there's a there's a lot of quirks in the game of cricket isn't there um, you sort of learn them from when you're very young obviously as we've talked about one of the first ones you you sort of talk about the the five pad on the outside of the gear um, and I was I was thinking about this a bit today strangely because um, there's a couple of things I was thinking about I was thinking. What so you've got a young fella, Munter? Um, obviously, I'm assuming you want him playing cricket, and I'm I'm thinking you do see a lot of younger kids doing this, and I'm wondering, do their parents did they ever play cricket? Like, are they aware they're sending sending out their kid looking like that? <laughs> like, I'm assuming you're going to not allow that out of a young fella. No, no, he's um, he's he's learnt already. Um, he's learnt already to sort of keep that thigh pad. Inside, inside the pants, inside. you know, as a you know when you've got a when you've got an eight month year old boy, um, you know, protection is vital. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he's... you weren't thinking that when you made him, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's no, not bad. Not bad. I was actually um, <laughs> what I was thinking today is, is, could you imagine an international cricket player walking out out like this? <laughs> <laughs> and um, unfortunately, after the test match, I thought, you know, I could actually pitch a Colin DeGrom home doing it. <laughs> Just coming out to Lord's fight pad on the outside. Well, he's had that, he's had that sort of day, didn't he? Everything's yeah. sort of yeah. went wrong. 
he's he's gone out in the worst possible way, and then he's got out there skipper with a no ball, and then he's gone. I can't handle anymore. I'm I'm going off. Oh, no. <laughs> I was questioning it. Here's a take for you. Should he have reviewed that LB douche just to save face? And, ho- and hoping that the LBW was out and he wasn't run out like that. <laughs> like, can you imagine, like, so Mitchell's, like, quite chuffed. He made 100. Yeah. And he's, yeah. um and he's like, unpadding. And then he's sort of like, oh, okay, Collins. And he's, and he's like, oh, how'd, how'd you get out? <laughs> like, <'cause he> has... <laughs> You've all been in the shed where, like, someone just gets out in a dumb way and you just sit there and you're just, like, you're biting your tongue, but you just want to take something. Oh, hard. Oh, I could just like I think I yeah because I said it to you guys I could just imagine like you got Mitchell probably because he's made a ton he's probably like slowly taking his pads off because he's enjoying yeah, yeah. it. So I reckon he's he's quickly got his kit off and he's just standing there, um, just in in the in the skins, just like dominating that room probably at that point. He's <laughs> gone, gone, gone to the he's gone to the 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 score and gone. Oh, what are we on? <laughs> Colin's yeah. just gone. Uh, yeah, I'll be W, mate, and just hope you never found <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Oh, it's plum. It was yeah. plum anyway, man. Like, cause I just imagine like Mitchell's unpadded, Connor Grantham's unpadded. You got Jameson like walking in, like going out first ball, and then you've got like Southie and Bolt just and AJ's like like hurriedly like padding up. But because I was thinking like Southie was five minutes ago, maybe not even that. Like two and a half minutes ago, looking scared as you like. Things on, Sunny's on, shown on the screen, and then he was oh. in the middle. Yeah. You know how much he hates being in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you seen that photo of him pulling the fingers? Yeah, that is good. Good snap. Because I actually won. I want. Uh, who do you think he was pulling the fingers at? Oh. Like, Colin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might have been Colin as he was walking off. Those members and how they clap, like out of respect, they clap everyone. Mitchell got like the the, the top standing ovation, and Colin must have got the most like low key. <laughs> Just a little one clap each person, but <laughs> and he must have been so embarrassed to even get that clap. Yeah, it's a big walk too. Like, would that would that run out be more or less forgivable if that same thing happened with a stipe pad on the outside of his pants? <laughs> I mean, is that the end was... of his career? Yeah, uh, and if the thigh pads are outside the pants, it is. Yeah, it's 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 retirement jobs. Like, how good of a player can you be to get away with it? Like if oh, Joe yeah. Root, if Joe Root walked out on the on the fourth on the last day with a yeah. match winning hundred and he's got his five pad out, like like no. is the crowd confl- conflicted? Yeah, they're yeah. conflicted Even then, for sure. Yeah, I mean we're gonna like Joe Root's gonna have to do that for his club team on a Saturday, chasing <laughs> three hundred in a one day. Like, but yeah, you'd have to be so much better than the grade you're playing to do that to to get away with it. And I mean, mm. even a test grade at test level, you just can't be. He's got to wear England badge on his on his thigh on his thigh <laughs> It was one of those things I reckon. Like it was one of the first times as you got to like under thirteens, under fourteens. You know when guys started getting all their gear the same, the old guy would be wearing a Missouri helmet, and you're like that guy's class. And then you'd yeah. see the, the opposite of like you've got a team six down, this guy comes in thigh pad on the outside, and you're like, oh, this is like this guy's still being forced to play cricket. He doesn't want to, <laughs> and this is a wicket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The precision starts now, sort of job. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the average of all the people that ever batted with a thigh guard on the outside of the, yeah. the pants, what do you reckon the combined average would be? It's got to be single figs, eh? It's yeah. got to be like, like Chris Martin jobs, like two yeah. or three. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say less than one. 
but that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone's next one down the uh, down to yeah. man or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the um the one I was going to pitch to you boys today, um, and it's a bit different to what we've been talking about, but this is something like that I'm pretty sure you boys will be very anti because I know one of your captains, Ian Robertson, was very anti this. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on clapping clapping a white and cheering on a white? Yeah. Oh, you can you can go first, uh, Jack. I just need to collect my thoughts. <laughs> I mean, there's very, very few scenarios where it's okay. Yeah. I thought yeah. there was a couple, maybe. I mean... Yeah, run chasing a final, yeah, and your tail enders are in, and there's three to win, and there's a single wide, or yeah, no, I don't know. It still just doesn't feel right. It feels <laughs> like you're, it feels like you're gonna, you're asking for something bad to happen straight away afterwards. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a good point. Bad karma. Yeah, just feel, it like feels like you clap it, and then like next minute you go on eighty odds being skittled. Like it just, <laughs> yeah, just, just feels like you're not gonna, yeah. you're not gonna win the battle. Um, <laughs> Do you reckon that's what? Do you reckon that's what the Black Caps did? They must have clapped a wide, and then Broad just clean. Or just gets three, three and three. <laughs> the Gromheim must have clapped a few. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm very anti it, as you as you probably as you probably gathered. Um, like like Jackson said, it's it's like not you're not clapping your team doing anything well. You're you're, you're cheering the opposition doing poorly. Which sometimes they do coincide, but you're you're actually like your team's done nothing to yeah, yeah. get those runs. Um, yeah. But I think I do think there is one, there's only one occasion where you can do it, and it's got to be like the last run, yeah. and, and you've won. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like and you're, you're more you're actually kind of cheering you won, but it just yeah. happened to be a wide. Yeah. Um, um, with you to a point, yeah. I thought there was two times I'd probably do it. Um, one was as you mentioned, like you're in the final or something, you're really getting down to the nitty gritty, and you just can't help yourself. You don't, you know, <laughs> a wild happens, you're just you're out of your chair. Yeah. And the other, I reckon, is just an absolute grudge match where you were playing, you know, just <laughs> a team that you've just gone to battle with a few times. You don't like yeah. any of your players. Their bowler's just a proper dickhead and he sprays one for five wides and everyone's on their pitch. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely giving it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an act that comes with a lot of malice, isn't it? Clapping someone's wide. So, yeah, if, you, if you're in the grudge match, the like the big game no one likes. Yeah, I can see how that would fly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the other guy would have to be very irritating. Um, I can think of a few off, off the top of my head pretty pretty, pretty, pretty quickly. I won't name names, but you can imagine. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to While they're in club cricket, I was, I was clapping those words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd say there'd be a few of them that all three of us would be clapping, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of like ser- like ser- like famous series that that might have happened. Because I'm thinking like I'm thinking like the famous Sandpaper Gate series. We're like a bit Australian and the South African team just hated each other so much. We've got like Faf and a towel. We've yeah, got War- yeah. we've got Warner like just like absolutely going off ABWs. I can imagine in that time, like Warner just clapping a white. Warner <laughs> certainly looks the type to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the old bull. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll sort of allow it, but I'd still, I still, like so- I still feel like I still feel like something's coming. Eh? Like Jackson yeah. said, it's, it's bad karma. 
that's basically the stig, mate. And I'd sort of look forward to hearing a few few from you boys as uh, as yeah. we go. Nice, nice, sweet as. Okay, right. Well, we'll wrap that up. Um, but yeah, I hope you hope you guys enjoyed that we uh, segment, the uh, sort of lighter side. I thought I thought we better. It's been a tough weekend for us Kiwi fans, so I thought. No, we we all thought that let's let's just have a nice chill conversation. Let's not get too in depth. Let's not um, talk too much about the the decline in New Zealand cricket. Let's have some, have a bit of fun, and yeah, no, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Well, and uh, and just on the career, I mean, it's I guess you boys will be following the NBA. It's it's almost I reckon getting like that with Test cricket at this point. Like nothing will surprise me if New Zealand just come out this game and won, and we're back to mm. you know, it's so up and down at the moment with. Yeah. Any team seems to be able to get away, and not just a win. Like you get dominated, and then you just come back and dominate. So yeah. I think we'll, we'll come back this test, and we could be right. Yeah, I think so. I think two-one New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easy as that. Yeah. No, in, in seriousness, I think I think potentially this sets the series up to be. I mean, we all sort of deep down want McCullum to do well in his role. So, I mean, are we two-one to New Zealand? Then winning the first one. Yeah, of a little carrot, but yeah, we'll we'll get back on top in a couple of weeks' time. Well, that's it. That's it. And the other thing was like I didn't, I did like the way they played. So it was like I didn't. It wasn't like they were playing bad cricket. I, I sort of enjoyed the way they were playing. Like like Root was just like scoring at a run of ball, yeah. and it was. Um, I heard I heard that um, Broad was padded up next to go in and just whack it. I don't know if it's one of those things where you just say, "Oh no, we were going to do this," but. <laughs> Like, well, I wonder if they were actually going to do it. They might have heard the pod last week, and Brody's got a real like something to prove <laughs> against Cromers here, probably. <laughs> he probably wouldn't have heard me anyway. Catchy, yeah, lead by Brody. <laughs> so today we are incredibly unfortunate to have this guest on the Maximum Cricket Podcast. He has taken 170 international wickets for the Black Caps across three formats, including 83 poles at 21 and. T20 internationals, which is the ninth most of any bowler ever. In 2018, he was the number one ranked T20 bowler in the world. And in 2016, he played against my club team, Kaikra, at the New Zealand Club Champs. I was 12th man, though, which is neither here nor there. One thing about that day that I think showed his character was he was asked to bowl to our mascot, if you will, in between innings. I think six balls were bowled. I believe there were five stumpings recorded. Welcome to the welcome to the pod, Ash Sodi. And do you remember much of that game? Yeah, I, I remember that day quite fondly because we just finished the T Twenty World Cup, and I came home and um, Manukau City Cricket Club had, had gone pretty good in the one day competition, and so we made the club champs. And uh, I'd promised I'd play that I'd be available, and it was about two days after I landed. So, Jesus, pretty, <laughs> I was pretty cooked, but um, <laughs> I definitely remember bowling to to the mascot, if you will. Um, but five stumpings in a row, man. Like, you've got to stop using your feet after the first couple, surely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I was quite good friends with him now, so his name's, his name's Steamer. So I'll, um, I wonder if you could sort of compare what it's like bowling to him as opposed to, like, a Virat Kohli. You know, they're quite similar, obviously. Yeah, well, um, you know, I've always, always been of the mould that, you know, international cricketers are the best club cricketers in the world. Um, or, or they all come together in this international competition, but they all got to start somewhere. But um, yeah, look, Steamer, I think um, you know he's got a lot to work on. Uh, it's been <laughs> it's been six years though, so I don't know whether he's been in the nets or not, or or he started to sharpen up his game and he can play from the crease a bit more because 
obviously stumping's part of the scouting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, look, yeah, bowling to Virat Kohli um, compared to anyone in the world, um, I think Virat Kohli makes everyone look like a bit of a steamer, really. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Nice, nice. And um, so you've been been in the news a bit lately with your your big move down to Canterbury after um, what ten seasons was it for ND? It's a big move. Yeah, um, you know, definitely a quite a big move, and um, you know, one that was personally quite a tough decision to make. Um, but but I'm very glad I made it because it's made. You know, we we spoke a little bit earlier about having kids, and you know, we've got a a nearly two year old daughter and. And the more time that I can spend at home, the better. And seeing as I was living in Christchurch and commuting up to the Northern Districts to play cricket, I think it was it was probably taking a bit of a toll. And so, so I'm really looking forward to what the new chapter holds. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough when they're that, they're that young, you know, you don't want to miss out when you when you have the chance, do you? Oh, it's right, man. Like you know, so especially during the last couple of years, like all the all the COVID lockdowns and isolations means that tours sort of lingered on for two to four weeks longer than what they usually are, and yeah, and I, you, you know what it's like with young, young ones. You know they just grow so much and learn so many new things, and you know you don't, you don't want to miss them as much, especially at this age, like this tender age. They just learn so much. Yeah, that's right. You blink and you miss it. Eh? You blink it. Oh, horrible. With the so you, you've spoken about the sort of the family reasons you went down. Is there any sort of like cricketing reasons that you're looking forward to about Canterbury? They've obviously doing all right. Yeah, look, I think sometimes you know you just you just want a new challenge and. And, and often new environments can, can often, you know, I guess, teach you new things. And in 10 years, you know, looking back is a long time. And, um, you know, I would have been stoked if I had played even half of that for ND, um, you know, a quarter of that. But um, I feel like I gave everything I could in those 10 years to Northern Districts. And, and I suppose over the next wee while, you know, it feels like every time I have a conversation with someone, they, they feel like, you know, they always think that I'm 35 years old or something because I've been <laughs> around, you know, for so long. And maybe I look a little bit older than I am, but... Um, I'm, I'm only 29, so uh, I feel like you know I can go to a new environment and hopefully make an impact over an extended period of time. At least, well, that's my goal anyway. So, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to to the fresh ideas. Peter Fulton's there, who who I work closely with, and um, yeah, the new challenge I think will be will be a really good one for me. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Because normally, because generally the Black Caps seem to move to ND, so you don't often see them the other. They go the other way. I suppose it's just you and you and Daryl Mitchell. Yeah, it's right. I mean, there's been a few few people move from from Northern Districts now. Like Cameron Fletcher was with us, um, well, with ND early on. Oh, and, and I didn't he's know moved that. Down. Yeah, yeah. So um, we've got a bit of a bit of an ex ND contingent there, but now it's nice to, I guess, I guess because the New Zealand cricketing community is so small. Like you know, at, at any one given time. You'll be, you know, playing with guys that you, you know, might play against next week, whether it's playing for NZA or playing for the Black Caps. So, um, being such a small community, I think you build good relationships with everyone around the traps anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, speaking of um, Mitchell and and Fletcher, will you will you watch them uh, and will you watch much of the England New Zealand series? Do you think? Absolutely. I mean, especially I guess tonight. Um, I'm really looking forward to the first session at Lords. Um, pretty exciting and, and hopefully Dahlia's asleep by then um yeah you know so I can I can crack open my nice uh behemoth hazy IPA and, and crack into it yeah or you can offer to do the do the night shifts and you know just <laughs> yeah. you, you, on the outside it looks like you're, uh, you're you're doing the noble thing but on the inside you're actually just sort of wanting to watch a bit of cricket that sounds like it's coming from experience brother <laughs> yeah. yeah once or twice <laughs> <laughs> you don't yeah yeah, yeah nice, nice. um 
so obviously that the big part of that series is um England's England's got a new cut new coach and you you know him reasonably well what were you surprised that uh McCullum took that that role um not not really I I mean it just looks like a really good little team they're building over there eh? like and and I see I I think over the last few while they've probably needed a, a bit of a restructure and it looks really cool that They've got some, you know, two very, very um, instinctual and aggressive leaders um, that, that hopefully, you know, can take in cricket back in the direction that I want to go in test cricket. So I think it's great that Baz is, is leading it. It's just, you know, you're full of pride that a, that a Kiwi coach as young as Baz is getting an opportunity to coach, you know, a prestigious test cricket team like like England. So I think it's it's great for our country. It's great for Baz. Um, and and hopefully he can, he can do well um, once the series is over. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I was, I was thinking. Yeah, no, because it, it is interesting because it's like obviously, you know, for us, it's like England's, you know, the home of cricket, as as you say. So you, you've been over there, you've been to laws, that sort of stuff. Like if when you play cricket over in England, I, I guess like it's 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 not like anywhere else in the world, is it? Oh, it's. I mean, I consider myself a bit of a bit of a cricket nuffy, um, you know, massive historian of the game. I, I suppose if you can call that by a modern era. Yeah. Um, but I, I love it, eh? Like you, you go there and um you know, there's still such a huge interest, especially in Red Bull cricket. Um yeah. you know, the stadiums will be packed full, the members will be up and there's great tradition, the language they use, the clothes they wear, it's um you know, it's very traditional and, and old and I guess if you love cricket as much as I guess I do, um you do really appreciate the, the history when you get to a place like England. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's fair to say I I, obviously, I, I have a podcast so about cricket, so yeah, I I love cricket as well as, as you could probably <laughs> probably imagine. You know, you don't sort of start these things if you don't like it. So yeah, um, yeah. So just on just on McCullum, like, so you've you've sort of I guess you've played under him uh, for a few years before he retired. What what what's that sort of like? What does he sort of bring? What what can England expect? Do you think? Um, you know, I've had him. I've had him as a captain. I've I've never had him as a coach um, yeah. in my yeah. career. And I, I guess I was, I guess when I was coming into the Black Caps, he was, he was the first captain that I had. Um, and I kind of, you know, almost sometimes felt like he'd, he'd put so much confidence in you. Like I'd, I'd sometimes explain it like, you know, you feel like you're sometimes a wind up toy and he'd wind you up and he'd just let you go and express yourself and, you know, be free and, and, and that sort of thing. And that was something I really enjoyed about his leadership. Um, it was very instinctual and, just backed you to the hill and you know I assume he's going to be the same character he, he has been as a captain as a as a coach and I think it's going to be a really you know great asset and resource for, for English cricket yeah I like that it's probably something they almost need you know to play a bit with a bit more freedom mm. yeah I mean I think I think it was it's been a tough little period for them but but I'm sure they'll they'll bounce back well especially with the leadership of Stokesy that's right. That's right. Uh, so you, you sort of touched on it there, where you you made your debut under him. I believe it was a, a test debut in, in Bangladesh. Do you remember? Mm. Do you remember much of that? Like, uh, tell me about sort of like, did, did you get a was there a cap ceremony? Yeah. So I I got presented my cap by Brendan McCullum, and nice. so that was that was obviously really exciting. And you know, I was only twenty, I think, at the time. So, um, you know, it was it was a massive dream come true. Um, I'd spent you know, a couple of years outside of what well, after school trying to become a professional cricketer and not really doing much else. So I guess to have the reward of, of earning that cap was amazing. 
Um, but going out, man, like in the in the stadium was the first time I've been in like a subcontinent stadium, and there were thirty thousand people just screaming, and <laughs> the, like Trent Bolt runs in and bowls the first ball, and it's it, it, you just can't hear a thing. Tommy McBell's on strike, and he leaves us. The things are wide, and the whole place just erupts. It's just like, wow, man. There's still five days to go of this, like how are you going to keep this energy up, especially in the heat? Like it was steaming hot, but, but the, the buzz for cricket over in those, in those Asian countries is just phenomenal. And, and that was my first taste of it. Yeah. That would have, I can, I can only imagine what that would have been like. It would have been a polar, polar opposite to playing at like a half empty Hagley or something like that in first class cricket. Oh, mate. <laughs> Sometimes we rock up to a first class game in New Zealand. It's like, you know, cold morning or something. And you might have one or two like real faithful life members that come and watch and, and, and there's, there's there's a bit of romance in that as well because you know it's it's a that they love the game and and there's that history behind it and stuff but man when you go to these asian countries and there's you know 30 40,000 people packed into a stadium that only has a 20,000 capacity it's like it's pretty pretty surreal that's crazy that's crazy um so just on so obviously you, you, you've had a, you've had a, a taste of test cricket i Seems like an obvious question, but is it is it something that you inspire you, you you sort of want again, or is it you just sort of see how it goes, sort of thing? Oh, I think I think every year I, I probably ask myself that question, and the, I guess the answer always remains that I, I still burn to play Test cricket, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I suppose it's it's quite a quite an interesting one because I, I feel like you know my career's taken a bit of a, a turn in the last few years to to play a lot more white ball cricket than what I'd probably initially set out to do. Um, I guess that's been a, a bit of the development of league spin and, and T20 and white ball cricket. So, so that's part of it for sure. Um, I, I certainly think I'm a better red ball bowler now than I was when I debuted. And I guess that's just because I played five games when I debuted for New Zealand as opposed to playing, you know, 80-odd first-class games now. So um, it'd be great if I do get the chance to play because I feel like I've got more skills to, to give myself a better chance of doing well. Nice, nice, and I sort of because one of the one of the things that seems to be in the news when you when you talk about the test team is is the Black Caps don't always actually pick a spinner, and the, mm. it was sort of it was sort of an odd situation when you had Ajaz Patel take Temper in India, and then he sort of hasn't played since, mm. and you know he might play oh he, he's probably going to play you know this tour coming up, but does as a as a spinner. In New Zealand, what does that what does does that send? What sort of message does that send to other spinners? Do you, does that make it tough to for other spinners to aspire for Test cricket? Do you think? Um, I I think it'll be wrong to say it doesn't because I I think a lot of young bowlers, um, you know, generally when you're watching your your national team play uh, when you're young, you aspire to be like the guys that are on the telly and. And at the moment, like, we're so blessed with our scene bowling attack. Like, you know, having Trent Bolt, Tim yeah. Southey, Kyle Jamison, Neil Wagner, all in one team in the same era. Like, I can't really think of a time in New Zealand cricket, um, definitely not in recent history, that we've had a, a scene bowling attack like that. You know, every single over is is high, high, world-class world quality, world quality bowling. So um, it's pretty hard not to pick those guys, if, I, if I'm brutally honest. Um yeah. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's sort of yeah. tough because it's sort of like, especially when we play at home, it's it's sort of like if you're trying to win the test, which you obviously want to do, they're, they're saying it is, you know, how do I drop one of these guys to pick a spinner that may not 
sort of have an effect on the game when it's yeah. when it's seeming around. But and then the, when you think about the long term, it's like how do we how do we produce like good spinners to play overseas? I think that's exactly right, man. Like you know, if if you look at results, like it's been a golden era for New Zealand cricket, and and that seam bowling attack has a huge huge part to play in that. And so it's it's great to see that you know we've been so successful with this bowling attack, but. I guess, I guess, like you said, long term, like we're not going to have this bowling attack forever. You know, you can't expect to have four world class, great seam bowlers from one country at the same time all the time. Like we've just been really blessed that this this has been our time to to have these great resources, and and they're also different. Like Trent Bolt swings it in from the left arm, mm. Tim Sally swings it away, gets bounced, and Kyle Jamison, you know, can bowl a ball that sears up onto the shoulder off a length, and Neil Wagner just is one of the most accurate bumper bowlers and he's probably revolutionized <laughs> test cricket. So, you know, it's, we're just really blessed to have that. And I don't think we can expect to have that over a long period of time. So we, we definitely need to start, um, you know, spin bowling is, is something that could play a, a big role in the future. So I think it's time to start investing in, in some young spin bowlers, uh, whether it means, you know, pumping more, more effort into to coaching or, or providing that mentorship or, or even just encouraging more spin bowlers from a young age. Yeah, it's an, interesting you say that because it, it, I can't remember the, the, the era, but I remember I remember a while ago, like first-class cricket was all about green seamers and that's sort of all we produced. And then we sort of, I don't know when, but it felt like we shifted away and we changed our pitches and therefore our batters got better and our bowlers got better. I wonder if I wonder if do you think like if we could change something in first class cricket to sort of help the spinners or anything like that? Do you think? It's funny yeah, because like firsthand, um, every I think there might have been like one or two seasons over the past seven or eight years that I I can't remember. I think five out of the last seven years you can find turn in majority of the wickets in first class cricket, if I'm okay. completely honest. Um, yeah. you know, that they've definitely started turning more, um, especially up north in those dry sort of conditions. Um and and we've certainly found that spin bowling's played a bigger role. And I know if you if you look over the last like seven or eight years of Plunkett Shield, like the amount mm-hmm. of wickets taken by, you know, Todd Astle, AJ's Patel, mm. um, you know, all these all these guys who you know at the end of the day, they're great spin bowlers and, and you have to be good to, to take wickets in those conditions. But, but it shows that there is something there for the spinners. Um, but the wickets in first-class cricket are quite different to the wickets in test cricket. And that's why I think um, the test cricket pitchers don't, don't take as much turn. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. Um, yeah. They do seem to be a lot greener, I guess you would mm. say. Um, um, so you sort of, you sort of touched on, uh, leg spin and T20 because I I sort of I was looking at it a while ago and it seems like like every sort of franchise team every T20 team needs a T20 uh, needs a leg spin bowler sorry but when you look at sort of test cricket as a whole I don't since I guess like you know the great Shane Warne it sort of seems like there hasn't been a lot of leg spinners in test cricket but in T20 cricket you need one do you want to, as someone that's played both, what what are the big differences between bowling, leg spin, and those two uh, formats? Um, I, I guess speaking from a Western leg spinner, 
Um, although you know I've got Asian ethnicity. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose from a, from a Western background, um, T Twenty cricket. You know, under lights, tough to pick, ball spinning both ways, so you can take it away from both edges of the bat um, to both left and right handers. Um, there's a bit of mystery there, so I think through the middle, it's a really good way to get wickets um, for captains. So, so it's been a huge revelation for T20 cricket over the last wee while. Where I think, I think especially Test cricket, like I remember having this conversation with Paul Wiseman, who's my coach down in Christchurch and has been for years, the other day, and like we, we really reluctantly agreed that you know because we always used to t- talk to young kids and say like rip the ball as hard as you can, and that's yeah. you know that's number one. You got to rip the ball. Um, put as many revs on as you can, but but if you want to play test cricket, I reckon nowadays you almost want to put accuracy above trying to really rip the ball. If that means you lose a bit of accuracy, because I reckon finger spinners, especially in Asian conditions, are uh, preferred in test cricket because the wicket might turn a little bit and it might have natural variation. But you know they can put the ball on on a really small spot um, over and over and over again. We're like the leg spinner is going to give you the odd ball to cut or the leg spinner is going to give you the odd half volley to drive or something. And so, um, you know, I guess it's a good way to attack and control the rate at the same time. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's a very good point. Like the reality, the real so for someone that like speaking of someone that's tried leg spin and ended up bowling like easy off spin, leg spin just is harder to bowl than off spin. <laughs> so yeah. like, it's just, you're going to, like you said, you're going to drag one down at, like as opposed to an off spinner. So it is interesting. You sort of talked about like a, like we tell, we tell the young bowlers to rip it, but we're sort of at the higher level. It's, it's not what they actually want. They're not, they say they want, they say they want you to rip it, but if you're not accurate, you're not sort of doing that holding role that they want. So it's, it's, it's quite an interesting sort of dynamic there. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. And I think, I think that's why like, you know, cause the legs, obviously leg spinners, you know, it's pretty pretty well documented that it's probably the toughest form of spin bowling, let alone, you know, spin bowling, if not all bowling, um, when it comes to being accurate. And so so I think it's really important then for your leaders, you know, your captains, your coaches to to have that understanding about leg spin, build, you know, confidence and faith into the to the leg spinners, especially from a young age. Give them the fields that they, you know, need. Like Shane Warne is the greatest of all time and he used to start with this field out. But but we sometimes give the ball to a young club leggy and have two slips and a short leg and you know no fielders on the boundary and expect them to land them straight away. First couple get dumped halfway down the track. They get hit out of the park for double <laughs> sixes and then and then all of a sudden their head drops and then everyone in the entire team their head drops and it's like oh man like this guy feels like the worst person in the world and he's only twelve <laughs> like jeez man give you know give him some give him some protection early on and if it's good enough for Shane Warren it's good enough for Toby playing for the seconds at yeah you know. <laughs> well that, that's the thing like it's one of the things that I sort of realize and like speaking on sort of Shane Warne and, and and like how good he was it was it's sort of like everyone everyone saw the spinning deliveries and you know the, the sledging and that sort of stuff but it always it sort of felt like his accuracy was his like number one asset like he sort of like he never considering how hard you said leg, like leg spin was to bowl like he very really bowled bad balls and he yeah, sort of made right. it made it look easier than probably what it actually was. That's exactly right. I think I think Warney, you know, was was a great man. I, I really enjoyed his company, but I'm mad at him for making it look so easy. 
because man, like you just always grew up and you wanted to to be as good as Warney. But <laughs> I guess you, you realise and you get a little bit older and you've played a bit of international cricket or you've played some cricket at the league that Shane Warne was just an absolute freak of nature. Um, and and I guess we're just really really lucky to to have witnessed it while it was while it was in full flow. Yeah, that's that's well said. Well said, mate. Um, so I just uh, we change of pace. I've got a got a few more a couple more questions for you, and then I'll uh, I'll, I'll leave you to it. Who's the so we'll we'll, t- we'll we'll touch a bit on your on your on the betting side of things. I know I'm not sure a lot of people talk about your betting, um, but who's the who would be the best bowler that, that you've faced in your career? Well, well there's two um, that I can think of straight off the bat. One's Pat Cummins, um, just heavy, like you know, and and you, so sometimes when you face a bowler for a second spell or something, or one day you're like, oh, he's got a couple of warm-up deliveries in him, eh? Like, I'll I'll make sure I try to get off strike on this one. But, um, nah, first ball, searing, throat ball, nasty. <laughs> hey, get me, get me out, get me out of here. Um, <laughs> and then, and then the other one was, you know, early on in my career, I played a test match in, in Hamilton on a turning wicket and Sunil Narayan was, was probably at the peak of his powers, mate. It was just wizardry. Couldn't pick which way I was going. It was, hey, yeah, it's probably hitting me. Yeah. He's probably one of the best. Yeah, he's probably the best. Like yeah, like you said, peak of his powers. He's sort of spinning it both ways. No one can pick him. I remember he bowled that. Didn't he bowl that super over for like it was a maiden and and one yeah. franchise game? I think it was something something ridiculous like that. Yeah, no, that I can imagine make, making some batters look a bit silly. Yeah. Um, so speaking of sort of uh, batters, who who's the best batter that you've that you've bowled to? Oh. Pretty hard to go past Davy De Villiers, man. Um, oh. And I reckon, you know, it's not just the the fact that he had all the shots in the book, but he he had a a really sound game plan for any conditions he's faced with. And I just, you know, I remember one game where, you know, I always wanted to get him out. I always, you know, I used to write in my little book about you know, all the players that I wanted to get out, and he was always on there. Um, and I, was, I got a wicket against South Africa once um, on a turning wicket again in Hamilton. And he came out to bat and I was like, right, I'm, you know, this is my opportunity. The wicket's turning. Um, you know, if I can get him out here, it'll be, you know, go a long way to us winning this game. Second ball, like he got down on, this, on his knee and swept me flat ass for six and then reverse swept me in the next one for four. And I was like, all of a sudden, <laughs> in these conditions that like, you know, I didn't expect him to play these shots, but but because the wicket was turning so much, he felt like his only way to score was that. And he executed it to absolute perfection without, without even having faced me before. And, and it was about, I think four balls in, he had already had 12 runs and I was like, well, this is, this is different gravy, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I like I like the ABD Villiers. He sort of had like, he had so many ways of batting. Like he sort of, yeah. he like not many, I don't know. I can't think of any other player that could sort of face 200 balls for like, 10 runs and block out a draw but then also have a world record for the fastest 100 like yeah man it's special it's just game plans though like I remember Raul Dravid once saying like you know you might have a natural game but you've got to play to the conditions and it's that's just so legit because you know you're going to go all around the world and start playing in all these different conditions and that's that's genuinely what makes a great player is you can go anywhere around the world in any conditions and any given situation and do well and, and that's why for me he was by far and away the toughest. Nice, nice. And um, just a little bit out, outside cricket. Do you do you follow any other sports? Any other interests outside of cricket? Um, 
I haven't been following too many sports, uh, especially since becoming a father, mate, to be honest. Um, yeah, I can relate. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, and, and, and I love cricket, so like a lot of my time gets consumed with with cricket. Um, but I did see that um, Golden State are in the, in the finals with the Celtics, and I, I do admire Steph Curry, so... It's hard not to. Um, yeah, it'll be good to see if, if he can put on a bit of a show in, in the finals. Nice, nice. Yeah, do like do love the NBA. So yeah, you so you'll, you'll have the you have Golden State winning that then. Easy, easy. Yeah. Nice, nice one. Sweet as. Okay, so I've sort of got one. Starting today, you will play like winners, act like winners, and most importantly, you will be winners. If you listen and learn, you will win basketball games. And gentlemen, winning in here. Is the key to winning out there. I guess it's a longer question, and then I'll, I'll let you go. And it's sort of around the, the mental side of the game. It's one of the things I'm really interested in myself. And so I was just wondering if you can remember a time where you were playing at your absolute peak, peak of your powers, like you're in, in the zone. You felt like you could get any batsman in the world. Maybe it's Avery Villiers, maybe it's Coley. And you could just put it wherever you wanted do you, do you remember what was going on in your head at that time and how would that compare to a time where you maybe just couldn't even land it? Yeah. Oh, man, that's, I think it's clear as day for me. Um, a couple of days where, you know, and, and there's very few, I reckon, when you, you know, your body and your mind sort of align so well that everything sort of works out how you, how you kind of want it to. One was in a big bash game, um, Went over and played for Adelaide, and I ended up getting six wickets. But it wasn't it wasn't so much the fact that, that I, I got the wickets, but I had sort of, you know, written out all my plans, um, you know, a week before that game, and and I remember just being really clear and and slow in my thinking, and and everything felt like it was moving at rat's pace, like everything was slow, and I just felt like I knew what I needed to do and how to move my body, and um, and I felt really strong and confident that I was going to be able to execute on my plans. And and I ended up getting six wickets. But but again, it was more how I felt that day that I think um, I felt, as you say, probably at, at my peak. Um, and that's probably happened two or three times in my career. Um, and and then the other other times you're managing. <laughs> and, By putting it. And, yeah, yeah. You're just managing where like... A time where it did, didn't work for me is definitely when I absolutely just rushed to the back of my mark when um, I was getting peppered by Johnny Bairstow at Eden Park. So, Ooh. mate, I'll never forget it. We had a 13-over game, T20. There was a bit of rain around in Auckland City, Eden Park, tiny boundary, wet ball. Um, I came in and bowled my first ball. I was like, oh, I'll get cut out to the boundary for one. It'll be fine. <laughs> and he slapped me over my head just over the mid-off field. It goes for six. And I'm like, okay, that's a great start. Six off one. Is that the short bat? Is that that's is that when they got those short straight boundaries and yeah yeah okay yeah so I mean the next one I was like right well I'm gonna I'm gonna have to attack the stumps now so right I'm gonna attack the stumps tried to went to full 140 meters out of Eden Park and I'm like yikes 12 off two like and then I started walking back to my mark and I was like oh I've got to go back to my old plan like try to get cut for one make sure you don't give them anything on the front foot. So I did it again and again. He slaps me just over my fielder at you know it's forty five meter boundary and I was like I'll yeah. him out. But 
right, 18 off my first three balls in my over. So I start walking back to my mark. Some bloke in the crowd feels like he's five metres away from me. He goes, sort your shit out, Sody. <laughs> yeah, cheers, mate. Like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> mate, I was standing there, Johnny Best, I was at the peak of his powers this time. And I'm just like, oh, man, like I'm going to go for 36 today. Today is oh. the day. Like, and then, and then I was like, oh, I've got to stick to my plan short and wide. And I bowl a wide. Oh, and no. it goes for 19 off three O's, three <laughs> balls. And I'm like, right, I'm going for 37 today. It's going to be the end of my career. Like, this is going to be painful. <laughs> and so it's real funny that, um, you know, cricket, it's such a such a funny game because it can take you to, to some really high highs and can take you some really, really low lows. But thankfully, the over only ended up going for 22. <laughs> That's a good comeback. I like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it is It is funny how that, that you know, that – I don't know how far apart those two events were, but it's just, it's, it's so, it can change so quickly from, you know, you can feel like you feel like you're going to get anyone out and then you're thinking oh, 36, this is me and my career. It's crazy how, how it can change so quickly. Yeah, man. And I, I, I think there is, you know, you can have lots of plans. You can train really hard and definitely being more accurate with the ball and being, you know, better at executing your, your shots and plans of the bat, I think, especially in the long form, is very, very important. But sometimes, especially with T20 cricket, especially in some of the grounds that we play, you sometimes do have to take it with a bit of a grain of salt. Um, you know, you just go out there, try your best, but sometimes um, you can get unlucky. Like I remember Ben Wheeler once got hit for 18 off his first over. I think three of them were top edges for, for four and six at Eden Park. It's like, oh, well, how do you how do you plan against that? You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point because I sort of I, I talked a little bit on my last week's pod about sort of field settings and things like that, and you can you sort of almost got to be happy, like if you've if they've they're hitting it and where you want them to hit it, but they still hit it for six, you've almost got to take that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And I think I think the good thing about that is if you you do that and you approach it that way over a long period of time you'll have more good days than bad days nice 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 well that's a that's a probably a perfect way to sort of in the in the pod so I'll, I'll, i do really appreciate you taking the time out for, uh, to, to chat all things cricket and you know all the best for the for your career and you got the t20 world cup coming up and yeah looking uh, looking forward to that yeah no thanks brother no it's been good so hope all goes well thanks for having me Nice, nice, and best, yeah, best of luck uh, getting the wee fella to sleep. Yeah. That's us for another week, guys. Thank you so much for joining in. Thank you to Ish Sodi for giving us his time. Thanks to Jacko and Lugsy for stopping by. Yeah, thanks again to all you listeners. You make it so enjoyable to do this every week. Again, sorry for the late upload. And lastly, if you enjoyed it, rate review do all that jazz i don't know if it's working or not but everyone keeps saying do it so please and help this podcast grow we will see you again hopefully after a kiwi's win it's a yes bank maximum the first of this contest oh that is brilliant it's a hero maximum on the ground on the ground another hero maximum